Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. Always great to sit in for Jim, be a part of the biggest and most important show in our industry. After the tremendous year in review yesterday, Van Smack already in the basement, so you got to deal with me today. And here's some bad news. Happy holidays, everybody. I'm back Monday and Tuesday, but we'll try to make it pain-free. No TV today, meaning I can rock the cough button because it is a little bit brisk in Southern California. And we have a looser format still. We will give you all the football you need, the fallout from what was a surprisingly entertaining and bifurcated on a big word Friday, Thursday night football matchup between the Niners and the Titans. We'll get you fully lined up for all the games that matter starting tomorrow with the doubleheader in the NFL. Plus, by now, hopefully... Given that it's year five of the great fortune I've had to sit in for Jim, specifically throughout the holidays, my approach is straightforward. I never bludgeon you with guests. We'll follow that same blueprint today, just one per hour. In 40 minutes, we take you across the NFL with John Breach from CBSSports.com. Hour number two, talking all of the bowls going on and the COVID issues. College football will be our focus when we have a conversation with a great friend of the program. That's Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports. Final hour tomorrow is the Super Bowl for the NBA because a lot of you pay no attention to basketball till we get to Christmas Day. We will talk about the stars that could be shining with a national audience watching when we say hello to Eric Pincus from Bleacher Report. Looking for quality phone calls today, 1-800-636-8686. Remember, and I know this becomes repetitive for the small group that is excited when I'm in the chair, but because this is a massive platform, I just want to be straight up. When a fill and hack like me is lucky enough to be in for the Hall of Famer, it is a different show. I can't do the Jim Rome show because I'm not Jim Rome. So, no Decca, yeah, no week that was, no big head bets, but. As the goal is to be accommodating, I will get your tweets in 20 minutes. We'll sprinkle your feedback throughout the program. And if you follow me on Twitter, say it with me now, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. You might have seen what I lobbed out there on social media as an early Christmas gift to you. Coming up in hour number two of the program, right down the time, it'll be appointment P1 Radio, 120 Eastern Time through the miracle of search engines and a lot of research, we dug deep into the archive to find tape of me trying to call arm wrestling in 2004. Yes, it is hideous as you think it might be. Hopefully I'm in on the joke. We'll see how bruised my ego is. Alvin might be realizing his goal to finally take over. We've had the Garrett Rich show. Destroyed the Jim Rope Show not once but twice. It could be Alvin taking you the rest of the way after I tap out at the midway mark. And Tom is here as well. He just updated his boarding pass trying to move up to Group A. So we'll see if any of your calls actually get screened and your tweets are curated. Because remember, my flip phone does not get reception inside our Regal Studios, the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Let's jump right in with a game that was a lot more interesting than I thought it would be, specifically after the Niners 
seemingly were in total control in the first half. And if you've been watching what San Francisco's been doing as of late, winning five of their last six coming into the Thursday night game against Tennessee, everything seemed to change when they blew out the Rams, committed to running the football again over that L.A. defense led by Aaron Donald. And then they had the dramatic overtime win in Cincinnati. We should be talking more about what the Bengals are doing. And yes, we'll learn much more about what Joe Burrow's team truly has to offer when they take on the Ravens on Sunday. Still awaiting confirmation that Lamar Jackson will be healthy enough to play. But remember, the Bengals have already crushed Baltimore once this year. But the Niners, as they showed in that game at Cincinnati, have come up with timely plays and just enough defense, especially up front, Notice I'm not mentioning the secondary. That's foreshadowing based on what was going on last night as A.J. Brown was just about unstoppable. But if you play that kind of football as the 49ers, strong defense with the front seven, run the ball, control the clock, and minimize the opportunities for Jimmy Garoppolo to give the game away, typically that is a successful formula as we've seen over the last six weeks or so. And as we saw for the first half of that game last night, if you just watched the first half and went to bed, and believe me, Uncle Brian was hoping that would be the case. Instead, I actually had to stay up and watch the conclusion of the game. It is my job, after all, and it's Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. We're live on this Christmas Eve. You can be a part of the program at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanHaveATake.com. Open for business on Twitter. It's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. But from the very outset, it was all San Francisco. Drove down the field for that quick score. They had that second possession that looked a lot like the first. Should have been a 14-0 lead, but Jimmy Garoppolo threw that interception in the end zone. So I guess we have to have another national conversation about Jimmy G. Don't forget about loss in the shuffle of the picks, and that second-half interception really proved to be a game-changing moment. In the first half, Garoppolo also missed a wide-open Kyle Juszczyk. Candidly, it should have been 21-0. And if it's 21-0 at the half, after the Titans only had 55 yards of total offense in the first half, we're all having eggnog and going to bed. But instead, it was just 10-0, and then Jimmy G coughed up that second interception and everything changed, mostly because the Niners' battered secondary did not have an answer for A.J. Brown, who was simply out of his mind. Yes, he pushed off on that free play, but somehow came up with a conversion on third and a mile. All told, Brown finally coming back from the chest injury, getting off IR, hauled in 11 passes for a buck 45. To give you context there, the great Ryan Tannehill, who a month ago when I was filling in for Jim the day after Thanksgiving, I told you could carry this team without Derrick Henry just slightly off the base with that perspective, but I I should have thought more about the absence of A.J. Brown. So I'm not wrong. The timing was just inaccurate. Well, take A.J. Brown off the list of receivers. Tannehill only had 64 passing yards combined to everybody not named A.J. Brown. So what do we take away from last night? Niners still very solid on both sides of the football. Man, Debo Samuel is a stud. I just worry about his long-term viability because that guy puts his body on the line 
every time he touches it. And you see Shanahan using him in a variety of roles. But it seems like this comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo and which version of Jimmy G you're going to get on any given Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or whenever we're playing playoff football with that Super Saturday coming up. Because it feels like Garoppolo is either hurt throws a ghastly interception, or gives it away with a fumble whenever the Niners are poised to either make a more sizable run or have the ability to seal up a victory. Let's just talk about the Super Bowl. How in the world did he not hook up with Emmanuel Sanders? That would have been a game-altering play with a championship on the line. But if I'm going to be fair with you and transparent – Just looking up some of the data. Take that for data this morning. Garoppolo was 31-13 as a starter in San Francisco. And I remember where the franchise was before he arrived. So we have to give him a degree of credit for jump-starting what was a stagnant team in the San Francisco Bay Area. The problem is, and I think we saw it again last night, he can give games away. And how much confidence do you really have that Garoppolo can take this franchise to where it needs to go again, understanding they've already been to a Super Bowl and had a good chance to beat Kansas City. Well, I'm not just the fill-in guy screaming in the microphone telling you this. The Niners told us this when they made it thoroughly obvious that they had little faith in Jimmy Garoppolo being more than just a guy, middle-of-the-pack, placeholder, when they traded up to draft Trey Lance, Although he's been a non-factor this year. And remember, Lance only played a single game at North Dakota State because of COVID. So is he any good? I don't know. I don't know if the Niners have any grasp on what's going on under center. It's clear what they want to do. If you want to go old school, it's Favre into Aaron Rodgers. If you want to be more current, just go back a few years ago, the vaunted Kansas City model. It's Alex Smith into Patrick Mahomes. But do we have any idea if Trey Lance belongs in the conversation amongst frontline starters? I'm not talking Rodgers, who I think is the most skilled quarterback of all time, and Mahomes has a chance to be in that conversation. There are a lot of question marks. And the Niners are going to have to make some decisions sooner rather than later. There was that report from Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, my former colleague, when I ran that morning show into the ground on NFL Network. Three weeks ago, the Niners were still committed, barring winning a Super Bowl, from moving on from Garoppolo in the offseason. What he had done prior to last night with those costly interceptions was driving up his trade value. And also the opportunity to get paid again when he moved to a new team. I don't think anything has changed from that plan. But unfortunately, if you back the Niners, and I still think they're going to be in the playoff field. Remember, we have the additional as the playoff field has expanded, wild card available. They're still in good shape. But that was a damaging loss in terms of seeding. And more important in terms of confidence, because if you're in that locker room, how much confidence and faith and the notion of reliability can you have when your quarterback has the game in front of him, both in the first half and the second half, and fails to get it done? I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Hope you're having a great Christmas Eve. If you want to be a part of the program, 1-800-636-8686. Twitter's your best bet. It's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. How about the Titans? I was going to play back the tape, but it was so 
wrong and not even in the vicinity of being accurate. I don't want to sound like more of a clown than I normally do, but I'm the guy who sat in this chair the day after Thanksgiving and said, everything is going to be just fine in Tennessee. They play a physical style of football. Leadership set by head coach Mike Vrabel. And all Ryan Tannehill has to do is be a high-end game manager. They're going to be okay. Don't worry that they lost to Houston. Now, the last month may have proven that was absolute garbage. However, if you watch the game against New England, if Tannehill hadn't looked like Jimmy G with all of those grisly turnovers, Tennessee had a real chance to win that game on the road at Gillette. But what has changed everything in the short term has been the return of A.J. Brown. Forget about Julio Jones being on the roster. He's been a complete non-factor, but A.J. was just remarkable remarkable again last night, and we know what a difference maker he is. He's virtually unguardable. You show me a DB, or even if you double him, that is going to be able to handle the physicality. And even more important, according to all the latest reports, we could see the return of Derrick Henry in two weeks. He could be back from the foot injury prior to the end of the regular season. So as a fill-in hack... I wasn't wrong. I was just a little bit premature. That's never happened to me in the past. I'm going to double down on that take. I'm all in with Tennessee. Tighten up. They're going to win that division. Remember, they've already swept the season series from Indy. As much as I love what Jonathan Taylor is doing, I have even less faith in Carson Wentz, who's only being asked to throw it a handful of times, still manages to come up with hideous interceptions. Tannehill can make just enough out of small windows, or like we saw in the second half, use his legs for that key late gain. Am I putting him in the Hall of Fame? No. Am I putting him in the Hall of Very Good? No. He is middle of the pack. Just a guy. I realize he has more turnovers, specifically interceptions this year, than the last two years combined, obviously missing his play caller, Arthur Smith, who went to Atlanta. But if Tannehill doesn't implode, If he doesn't have the four-interception game, which he is certainly capable of, if he has a healthy A.J. Brown, and if he has a healthy Derrick Henry, why can't this club, with the benefit of a division championship, they're going to host a playoff game, win a game or two in the playoffs? Let me remind you, at home this year, in addition to the victory over San Francisco last night, they have defeated, talking about Tennessee, the Colts, the Bills, and I know Josh Allen fell down, but... Final score still matters, and they have a win over Kansas City when the Chiefs were scuffling. So I just needed to jump into the hot tub time machine, not hot tub time machine two. John Cusack's not going to do it. You know, it's a terrible script because Johnny will show up for anything these days. I should have just shifted the time space continuum a bit, got into the DeLorean because when I told you I still had faith in Tennessee, I didn't mean a month ago. I just got my... Holidays misaligned. I meant as we closed in on Christmas, as they got healthier, with the return of A.J. Brown and much more significantly, Derrick Henry is coming back in a couple weeks. Hey, now, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not a sugary snack, not an energy drink. We want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled. Dry, tasteless. 
Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. That way it's tender and tasty, not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. What I'm saying is they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper with your beef. You want me to talk to my family? Now, that's a rhetorical question. A, I'll have McRibs loading up my gullet. B, I live alone. But if you need to interact with somebody, I'm available for you, like a therapist in the jungle. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Let's go through the predictable reaction. Folks, now i got to read my resume. I went to a prestigious school in Palo Alto. You can Google it. Those guys went there, too. I have a master's in business administration from a top 20 school, although I don't talk about it too much because I feel ripped off because I had to write that big check and mom and dad did not pay for it. I think I curate interesting takes. I spend hours getting ready for this program. And what do I have in front of me? Seven tweets about McRibs. Here we go. Hitman Canadian. Happy holidays, Brian. May Santa fill your stocking with McRibs. Aaron Wilson, 99. Brian, skip the sports takes. Get right to you getting paid in beef and cheddar. Enrico. So where is the McDonald's McRib hashtag clone stock occurring after your appearance on Jim's show today, B-Web? If it's not too far from Malibu and Pacific Palisades... Beauregard and me might show up. I'll see you at Joffrey's. You guys can't even afford the valet up there. Finally, Daniel in the ICT, how many McRibs did Chalk have to buy to get you to work on Christmas Eve? Now, you're not that far from the compensation because as we see the move here in Los Angeles from Staples Center to Crypto.com Arena, You know, and it's been well-established. In fact, I have the audio to back it up. I get paid in McRibto currency. All my money's in McRibs. And even though it didn't make the cut yesterday, and kudos to a wonderful job done by Tom Alvin, the entire XR4TI. It's always a highlight of the year, the year in review. Somehow this did not make it to air yesterday. A phone call last January wondering How, in fact, do I get compensated for filling in for Jim? I wonder if you get to play like the Bellagio in a special room for the high rollers. My man's rolling in with like carts and carts and McRibs. Excuse me, sir. What are you doing? I'm here to play, man. Where's my free room? How do you think I got in on this private jet? It's with all these McRibs. And by the way, that room, that free room you gave me, it's not bad. But that stupid little safe you have. How am I going to put all my McRibs in that safe? I want the special safe, which is actually a vault at the bottom of the casino with the laser light security system (laughs) for all my McRibs that I'm using as currency. I'll tell you something else, man. If for some reason I do run out of McRibs, and I won't, but if I do, you best spot me. I'm a VIP. You see this card, this McRib card? 
You see this marker? It's good for a million more McRibs. I'm good for it. You see this McDonald's player's card? Oh, sorry, sir. Very, very sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Yeah, you better be. Can I offer you a massage while I reload your card with a million more McRibs? Yeah, yes, I would like that massage. And make it two million McRibs. I'll take this business someplace else, man. You know I will. I'll turn around that private jet and I'll fly down the street. Remember when Dana White won 750 grand gambling? In Mandalay Bay, remember that? Weber, Weber went to the Bellagio and cleaned up <laughs> 8 billion McRib. I'm Brian Weber. Brian Weber with two Bs. They stand for billion burgers. And it's over just that quickly. Huh. And that's why they call me a whale in Las Vegas. Now, I know why that didn't make air. That would have knocked out the whole first hour yesterday. But I am here to try to play a small supporting role in the jungle. That's why Jimmy's the best, man. Just riffing on McRibs. Although, as I mentioned, an NBA conversation coming up in 30 seconds. That was old school. And we know Jim is an early adopter of all technology. He loves the best and latest phone. I've now moved to the electronic version, McRipto. So I don't even have to worry about the challenges of trying to get the sauce off my fingers as this is getting grisly. Hey, are you aware that there are NBA games tomorrow? Now, for some of you, this could be breaking news in the jungle because as much as NBA Twitter, and I'm a huge NBA guy and one of the hallmarks of my early run as a broadcaster in San Francisco was the great good fortune to be the sideline reporter on TV for the Warriors broadcast when they were terrible the Victor Alexander era. I love the NBA as much as I love the NFL, but if you just look at the numbers, the NBA is several steps down in terms of social currency, not cryptocurrency. So there is a segment of the audience listening, especially on a holiday, that pays no attention to the NBA until we get to Christmas. Another chunk parachutes in when we get to the postseason. So for people just flipping around tomorrow... NBA is here to super serve. And what do you know? The Knicks landed back on Christmas Day. Feels like my childhood again because they're terrible again. But other good matchups along the way. Game three, the best game. Should have been in prime time. But we know that the New York-LA dynamics going to dominate any decision being made. You got Nets and Lakers in prime time at eight. That's preceded at five Eastern by the Warriors and the Suns. Suns have the best record in all of basketball. They have not had any hangover from last year. Typically, if you have a team losing the finals, there could be a slow start coming in the year that follows that run to the championship round, especially when you blow a significant 2-0 series lead. But Phoenix has been lights out. Warriors once more proving that when he's healthy, Steph Curry can do virtually anything he wants. You saw him go off against Memphis again last night, and they're getting Klay Thompson back in a few weeks. But from a standpoint of theater, dumpster fires, and train wrecks, you go right to the Nets and the Lakers. And it was the most predictable thing of all time that Kyrie would be welcome back because of the fact that the NBA is run by its players. 
and the Nets buckled the moment they had personnel issues. So you can say that management was trying to be accommodating to a star, welcoming the input and trying to get buy-in from Kyrie. But candidly, uh, who knows what Kyrie's doing? Is it all now performance art on Instagram? Is he just trying to sell us sneakers? But the moment the Nets had any adversity, they said, ah, forget about what we threw out there earlier. We'll take you on the road even though you can't play in L.A., for example, due to the COVID protocols. But it was the most predictable outcome of all time for all of the posturing and histrionics. You knew Nets management was going to cave because that's how it works in the NBA which is also fixated on collecting stars. So the Lakers, and I might have been off the mark on this one too. I'm being way too honest to that. That's why I'm only the fill-in guy. But I might have been here this summer when Russell Westbrook signed with the Lakers, and I said, let's just have a macro discussion about how this could fit. Not necessarily playing at the same time with LeBron and AD, although that's not going to be Uh, issue because Anthony Davis is always hurt and I'm not rooting against him. I was lucky enough to cover him in the final four in New Orleans when he was showing you how good he can be when healthy coming out of Kentucky. Remember, he was a guard in high school and then had that growth spurt and and certainly has the handle and could do a little bit of everything when he's available, but you are what you consistently do when he's always hurt. And can you, with any degree of certainty, have confidence he's going to be available come playoff time? Hell no. So now you got Russ out there playing hero ball, and we knew the negatives coming in. I'm not a basketball nerd, so I'm not going to give you his usage rate, but I have eyes. I watch the games. You know he's ball dominant. You know he can't make threes, and he doesn't guard anybody. So this was a risk-reward shot by Rob Palenka, primarily to placate LeBron, who was looking to replicate another version of the big three, whoever his running mates were going to be, and it could work seven years ago in Cleveland with him, Kyrie, and whatever version of Kevin Love is going to show up. But LeBron is proving to be mortal and fragile. I know he put up big numbers again last night, losing to San Antonio, but Lakers lost that game. They dropped four in a row. They now have a losing record. I'm not worried about them sneaking into the playoffs. If you're a Laker fan, stop being concerned about the name of the arena. And I don't want to sound like I am being detached or cold-hearted. I live in Southern California. I know what Kobe Bryant meant and continues to mean to this region. You're not going to lose the Kobe memories just because there's a new sign over the door if you go to the gym. The hand-wringing and nostalgia and the ceremony last night I just thought was over the top, but you're a fan. Root for whatever you want. You should be much more concerned than whomever's writing the check for the name of the arena with the horrendous flaw and how this team was constructed. If you're like me, your weekend plans include kicking back, watching some live sports, and it really doesn't matter what sport you're watching. It's always fun to have a little bit of action Personally, I have my Week 16 eye on that Monday night matchup between Miami and New Orleans. 
This is why I recommend downloading the WinBet app right away. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to everything exciting. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight bets to parlays, teasers, any exotic prop wager that you can come up with. And the app is so easy to use. And everybody knows that Win is one of the biggest and best brands in the gaming industry. So get off the sidelines, join in on the action. Download the WinBet app right now. Download it on Google Play or the Apple App Store and put yourself in the game with WinBet. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where Playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Feel free to pick a topic beyond McRibs. At B.W. Weber, Weber with two B's, emails RomanHaveATake.com. Football for the next two hours consecutively with a little bit of NBA to wrap up the program. Let's get back to the NFL conversation. Say hello to John Breach. You can check out his fine work on CBSSports.com. Plus, he's the co-host of the Pick 6 podcast featuring Will Brinson, a great friend of this program. John, happy holidays. Thanks for taking the time. How are you? Of course, I am doing fantastic. I got my eggnog in my left hand, my phone in my right hand. I'm ready to talk some NFL, Brian. You are fully embracing the holiday spirit. Let's get started with what happened last night. And it really was, as cliched as it sounds, a game all about the distinction between the two halves. And the Niners came in with all the momentum and looked so good in the first half, left a lot of points on the field, only led 10 nothing, And then everything changed in the second half, in part because of those Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions. So, John, when you think about the balance of this game, did it tell you more about Tennessee or San Francisco? I would say it told me more about Tennessee. Uh, You know, we saw the last few weeks going into this game, they had lost three or four, and it looked like they had no hope of winning another game. Uh, Their offense just looked horrible during that stretch. They had lost to the Texans. They were only able to score 13 points. That was probably rock bottom. And you had to think that Mike Vrabel's only thought for the final three weeks was, my God, we just need to win this division, just get into the playoffs, and then we'll probably be getting Derrick Henry back. And when they have Derrick Henry, they're one of the best teams in the AFC, but without him, that offense just hasn't looked great. And then, boom, they get the Christmas miracle of A.J. Brown coming back. You know, he just got activated off IR the day of the game, comes in, hasn't played in a month, and uh, 11 catches, 145 yards. And the big part was that uh, it was third down. I mean, the Titans converted – Six third downs of 10 yards or longer. Eight of A.J. Brown's 11 catches came on third down. I don't know what the 49ers defense was doing uh, letting them have all those on third down. But, yeah, I think this definitely meant more for the Titans, told me more about the Titans, that they can win uh, without Derrick Henry as long as they have guys like A.J. Brown out there. So he needs to stay healthy until they get Derrick Henry back. And the good news is Henry could be back as soon as the regular season finale in a couple weeks. Talking NFL with John Breach from CBSSports.com. John, it feels like we have to have the inevitable Jimmy G conversation once more. He had been playing at a high level over the last month and a half, but he regressed again last night. Clearly the Niners traded up to take Trey Lance for a reason. Do you see the Niners having any idea of hanging on to Garoppolo for one more year making Lance wait to take over a starter, or do you figure it's a done deal that Jimmy will be dealt when we get to the offseason? Yeah, I think he's gone after this year. I can't imagine a situation where San Francisco keeps him unless 
they win the Super Bowl, which I just don't see happening. Is with the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is that you know he has looked efficient and like a high quality game manager at times this season, which is what the Forty ers need because they have such a good rushing attack. But when Jimmy melts down, he just goes all in. There's no in between with him. He either looks great or he looks horrible. Uh, last night, it, it wasn't just the two interceptions. He missed Kyle Juszczyk on a wide open. You don't get that wide open in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There was no one within 15 yards of him. And Garoppolo somehow still managed to miss him. And then, you know, you look at the 49ers' schedule, and they're 1-6 this year in games where Garoppolo throws an interception. And that's just because usually those are the games he's just not playing well. And, and it's it just uh, it's hard for that offense to succeed. I think Kyle Shanahan knows that, that he just needs – a more consistent quarterback. So yeah, I will be stunned if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team in 2022. John, let's stay in that division. Rams have gotten hot again, but I have to be transparent. I'm not a believer in Matthew Stafford, and I'm not even dwelling on what happened in Detroit. I understand he didn't have much help, although Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer. He just throws too many critical interceptions. We saw it again Tuesday, even though they beat Seattle. But I'm going to defer to you for analysis. You're the guest, after all. How much are you buying Stafford with the Rams come playoff time? Who come playoff time? That is a great question. I'm not sure I like him going up against the top teams in the NFC. You know, in the wild card round, I certainly could see uh, the Rams pulling off a win against a team that is not as good as them. But when you start putting them against teams like the Packers or the Buccaneers in the playoffs, I don't think it's going to be tough. You know, I know they beat the Bucs earlier in the season, but, you know, the Saints swept Tampa Bay last year and then locked in the playoffs. Tom Brady's a different animal in the playoffs. Uh, But, you know, the NFC is wide open, so I'm not going to completely write them off. But, you know, Matthew Stafford has never won a postseason game in his career. Just, the intensity is ramped up during the playoffs, and some guys just aren't ready for that. It seems like if teams can fluster Stafford, uh, that's when the Rams struggle. That's when he starts throwing interceptions. I think they're 3-3 three and three this year in games where he gets sacked multiple times. Uh, and that's what happens in the playoffs. You're just facing a lot more pressure Yes, I'll be surprised if the Rams make the Super Bowl. I'm not as down on them as you are, but I don't think they're going to end up in the Super Bowl. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome, talking NFL with John Breach of CBSSports.com. You mentioned the Bucks still in good shape to potentially be the top seed in the NFC with two games against Carolina amongst their final three, but with now Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Levante David, all done for the rest of the season. John, how concerned are you about all these injuries? Yeah, I mean, I'm really concerned. I, I thought that Tampa Bay and Green Bay were absolutely the two best teams in the NFC. If, if you would ask me this uh, just 10 days ago, I would have said that without hesitating. But, you know, Tom Brady's going to have to figure out how to adjust with – you don't have Chris Godwin. You definitely don't have him. You might not have Leonard Fournette uh, in the playoffs. We don't know how long the injury is going to take to heal, but he's definitely out the rest of the regular season. We don't know how long it's going to take Mike Evans to get healthy. And if you take those three guys out – Tom Brady doesn't have a lot of options. You know, teams will start double-teaming Gronk. They'll start paying way more attention to Antonio Brown once he's back on the field. And so we don't know how good this Buccaneers offense is going to be uh, when they're missing all these key guys. So, yeah, I would definitely be a little bit worried about that team. But, you know, the Packers feel like the only really team that's have any question marks right now. Uh, so Buccaneers maybe not as good as they were two weeks ago. Uh, but I still think they'll be okay because they have Tom Brady. John, it might be recency bias because we just saw Seattle 
couple days ago on that Tuesday game in L.A., but I think their future is fascinating. We know they're not going to the playoffs. Pete Carroll is 70 years old, not accustomed to losing as a pro. Is there a real chance this franchise is moving on from both Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll when we get the next season? Yeah, I can't see Russell Wilson wanting to stick around in Seattle. I know he said all the right things this season. I, I think he's not out to cause any controversy. In his mind, he's probably thinking, all right, there's three games left. Let's just get there, and then I'll figure out where I'm playing next year uh, when the offseason gets here. And I think it is going to boil down to what happens. If they get rid of Russell Wilson and maybe draft a new quarterback because they get some draft picks and – and that's where they find themselves. Maybe Pete Carroll doesn't want to stick around and deal with a total rebuild. But if they trade Russell Wilson and get a quarterback in the deal, and all of a sudden you have a veteran running that offense uh, and somebody that Pete Carroll wants to stick around with another year or two, I could see that. But, you know, like you said, Pete Carroll's 70, and NFL coaches don't really coach into their 70s. We've only seen that happen two or three times in NFL history. Uh, so it will be interesting because he can't at that age want to be sticking around for a rebuild. So if they do that, uh, you have to think he'd at least consider walking away. But, you know, who knows? John, great information as always. Really appreciate you taking the time on a day most people are celebrating a holiday. Happy holidays to you and your family. We'll chat with you soon here again on CBS Sports Radio. Yep. Thanks for having me, Brian. Happy holidays to you too. John Breach, great stuff, especially if you're looking for well-written material. Internet does not have to be a cesspool. John has solid analysis, and he can actually put together paragraphs, predicates, nominatives. I know we're bearing you with minutiae. CBSSports.com. A reminder, it is a Friday, so it's an ATP day. You get to ask the pros. You, the clones, can ask me a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash ask the pros. Submit your question. Be listening later in the show. I could answer that question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Looking ahead to the next hour of the program, just one guest on the docket. We'll make the move to college football with COVID now impacting the bowl season, and we'll spin it forward to the national semifinals a week from today. Looking forward to a conversation with always a insightful guest is Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports. Couple more tweets before we step aside briefly. Proud to say this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Hey, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of that ugly clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Good night now! 